growing up listening to gospel music has definitely impacted you know how i listen and play music to this day and probably for for the rest of my life this is pathways a series featuring current and former students of the juilliard school on how to get accepted at one of the world's most renowned schools for the performing arts here's our host sebastian winter Hey, welcome to Pathways. My name is Sebastian Winter and today's guest is a tubist who became a National Young Arts finalist, performed the Vaughan Williams Tuba Concerto with the Georgia Symphony Orchestra and was a finalist in the President's Own Marine Band Concerto Competition. Today's guest is no other than Mr. Joshua Williams. Hey, what's up, man? Thanks for joining. Thank you for having me. Happy to be here. Happy to be here. <laughs> and just to dive right in, what are your dreams and goals in regards to your art? Man, I have uh, plenty of dreams. I mean, if I could write my life, I'd probably be the world's best composer, pianist, musicologist, tubist, <laughs> everything. But um, of course, there's only so much time in the day. So right now, I've been uh, really focused on taking auditions for different orchestras around. That's probably like my biggest goal right now. How do you decide which orchestras you audition for? I guess the trade-off as an orchestral musician and as a tuba player, you know, there's only one tuba player in every orchestra. So it's not like I can really pick and choose where I may work. So <laughs> I'd be happy to play in any orchestra, really. So I'm kind of just applying everywhere, and then we'll see where how everything shakes out, rather. <laughs> Man, good luck. And you told me that you're also auditioning for Juilliard for the master's program. What does it feel like auditioning for a place that you've already known for four years? Yeah, I just finished the grad applications for Juilliard and it was definitely a much more comfortable experience than the undergrad application because there's just so much that you don't know, right? And you're like, ah, oh, you know, college, college. But uh, especially having applied to college before and having applied to Juilliard and like I, I know all the faces, I know the people who work in admissions, I know my teacher and everything. Of course, it's always like a little nervous, you know, but I definitely am much more comfortable now than when I first applied. But I think uh, coming back or applying back to Juilliard just speaks to how much I, I think of the school itself. You know, I think it's a magical place. I'm happy to be here. And I would love to be here another, another two years. <laughs> <laughs> how large is the tuba department here at Juilliard? So the tuba department at Juilliard, we have three people in our studio right now. We've been as large as four. So somewhere between three and four people. So... Kind of a small school. Wow. So they're probably not going to accept too many people. <laughs> yeah, uh, I can't say that I expect them to accept more than two. But hey, you never know. You know, anything can happen. As of right now, there's currently one student returning for next year. So as of right now, they have one student in the tuba studio. So two to three openings, potentially, or more if, you know, there's enough good applicants. Mm -hmm. Now, I would love to know, how did you fall in love with the tuba? Yeah. So I think, uh, you know, a lot of times we hear these stories of, oh, I remember the day I was in the car and this Mozart piano concerto began to play. And in that moment, I knew, you know, I don't have one of those cool stories. I kind of, from the moment I started playing music and I came up in uh, public education. So like my, my first time, like really being introduced to music because my, my parents didn't play or anything was like when I signed up for band in uh, fourth grade, you know, so like that's kind of where I started. 
and I guess ever since I first started, I just liked band class more than I liked math or, or reading. <laughs> so I always kind of felt like it was something I would do. And as far as the tuba, my older brother actually played the tuba. And I guess when I was like fourth, fifth, sixth grade, he was in high school. So I'd be listening to him playing tuba. And, you know, just I was really inspired by that. You know, he always had a great sound, like a great tone on the tuba and just that like deep bassy tuba sound, I guess I kind of liked. And it's funny, I actually, when I started in fourth grade, I started on the alto saxophone. And then when I got to middle school in sixth grade, there were too many saxophone players and not enough tuba players. So my band director is basically like, okay, who's going to play tuba? And me, you know, having an older brother who played tuba, I was like, why not? I'll play the tuba. Like, that sounds cool. So that's how I started on tuba, yeah. That's cool. And you have three siblings, right? Yep. Are they all musically inclined? Yeah, so uh, my mom did a pretty good job of getting us all involved in different programs and whatnot. So my sister, uh, she came up playing the violin, and my younger brother played the trombone. And my older brother now, he uh, majored in music at UGA, and um, he's now a, a band director in Georgia schools. And he's actually getting ready to apply for some master's programs uh, for conducting. You know, every step of the way, you know, you know, he was always like a big help and inspiration to me. My older sister didn't really go through with the music thing. And my younger brother didn't really either. He's in pharmacy school now. So, <laughs> but, you know, my siblings always encouraged me. They always wanted to see me succeed and everything. And when they weren't doing that, they were probably complaining about all the noise from the late night. Uh, practice sessions, <laughs> but <laughs> they've always been supportive. Nice. Can you tell us about your musical influences growing up? Yeah. Growing up, I guess the music that we hear the most is what our parents listen to, right? So for me, that was a lot of gospel music. Um, that was, that's probably like the first like genre of music that I really fell in love with and like that I could really sing the words to. So gospel music will always hold a, a special place for me. Other than that, I really started listening to a lot of jazz in middle school. And I actually also played the double bass. So I also played some jazz. So, of course, you know, gospel music, jazz music. And it wasn't really till later in life, maybe like ninth, 10th, 11th grade, where I really actually started listening to classical music. And of course, you know, that's a big thing for me now. I, I, I love classical music. So those are probably my, my top three genres, gospel, jazz, and, and classical. It's a weird mix, but it's it's me and I love it. <laughs> <laughs> Has the gospel music influenced the kind of tuba player you've become? Yeah, I would say so. You know, I think we put on a Beethoven symphony and a, and a Mozart symphony and we all hear the same thing sort of, but we also all hear different things, you know, and you can put on a, a Beethoven and Mozart and like, I'll like be bobbing my head with like such like rhythmic energy and like you'll be like, man, where is that in the music at all? But uh, just like coming out of that being influenced by gospel music, you know, just kind of like what I latch on to, like the musical concepts I latch on to in any music that I listen to is really like rhythm and soul. And I feel like, you know, gospel, jazz, classical or any other genre, I think there's any good music I think has that in it. Rhythm and soul. So I think, yeah, growing up, listening to gospel music has definitely impacted, you know, how I listen and play music to this day and probably for, for the rest of my life. So during your teenage years, did you have a specific practice routine? Yeah, probably my younger days. 
middle school. I don't know how much I really practiced, honestly. <laughs> I'm sure I practiced maybe like average 30 minutes a day, but nothing as complex as what I would consider to be a practice routine. I started taking private lessons in the ninth grade, and that's when I really started getting into what I would call a routine. And uh, I would actually practice a lot in my high school band room. Like, for example, if I was going to math class and there was a substitute teacher there, I wouldn't even walk in the door. I'd just go back to the band room and find a corner and start <laughs> practicing. Not that I'm uh, suggesting that to any of you listeners out there, go to math class, but I kind of like to practice whenever I could. And sometimes I was at school, sometimes I was at home, you know, wherever. Nice. So who are some of the jazz players that have influenced you? Yeah, so as a double bass player, I was always inspired by Ray Brown. Great bassist, played with a lot of different people, made records with a lot of different people. So he's definitely probably my biggest influence there. And also, as a bass player, I had to pay tribute to the great Christian McBride, just a, sort of a visionary and innovator, in a way, on the double bass. Check out some of his stuff, man. This guy's really bad. Other than that, I also really, really love Chick Corea, who we recently lost. But man, Chick Corea was phenomenal. Yeah, those are probably my biggest jazz influences. Now, I'm wondering, does your double bass playing inform your tuba playing? And would you recommend young players to double on those instruments? Yeah, well, I don't know that I can necessarily say that if you want to be a better tuba player, you should play double bass. But I think for me... I had a love for both instruments and uh, it's actually quite a common double. Like in my local area in high school and whatnot, there were like a few of us that played tuba and bass. It's, it's pretty common. But I think that ensemble wise, they generally kind of have the same role. Like you kind of set the foundation for the ensemble. So I think like there's definitely lots of crossover there. And I think if you play tuba and you like double bass, then like you should definitely explore it in the same way, vice versa. Two great instruments. Mm. We spoke about your role as an ensemble player. Do you also want to play as a soloist? For example, there are some amazing tuba concertos out there. For example, John Williams wrote a beautiful concerto. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The John Williams is great. The Vaughn Williams is also fantastic. I don't know that I ever was really inspired to be a, a solo tuba player. And that was probably because I realized at a very young age that a career as a solo tuba player is not a very viable option. There's not too many of us out there. Um, Oystein Bodzvik is a uh, tuba player who's really made a career out of playing solo tuba. But he even played in a orchestra before he began doing that. So I love to play solos and it'll always be a, like a part of my career. But I don't know if I'll be going on tour with the with the Vaughn Williams Tuba Concerto anytime soon. <laughs> so at the beginning, you mentioned that if you could write your life, you would also be a composer. Do you compose? Man, when I first got to Juilliard, you know, we have to take piano and like we learn in theory. And we have to practice compositions and there's ear training and there's so many things that I remember just falling in love with like everything. And I was like, man, I want to be like a great writer. And I also want to like be really skilled at the piano. And of course I came in not really knowing much of anything about any of that. So <laughs> I kind of had a, a crap shot chance from the beginning. I wouldn't really consider my myself a composer. I think in an alternate life, I would love to be great at writing music. I have a few tunes that I've written, but, um, 
an alternate life where I had all the time in the world. I would be writing music all the time and playing tuba and playing piano and all the different things that we can do. Mm -hmm. So let's talk about the Juilliard audition. How do you choose the pieces that you're going to perform? Yeah, there are certain required things that we had to prepare. So for example, we have to prepare one major solo. We have to prepare six contrasting orchestral excerpts. We have to prepare two contrasting etudes. So that kind of gives you the framework of like what you can and cannot pick. And then from there, I kind of just want to pick the stuff that best shows off my abilities, you know, pick things to my strengths that I feel like I can play really well and that I feel like show me off as a player because, I mean, that's the goal here, you know, to really impress the uh, adjudicators and the faculty. Is your repertoire something that you would discuss with your teacher? Yeah, uh, I'll definitely talk about it with my teacher, but I think your teachers will probably guide you to stuff to pick, but they also will let, you know, you know what's best for you. And they also probably know what's best for you too. So I would say like there's input on both sides, but ultimately it's your decision. Mm, that makes sense. How many faculty members are there in the tuba department? One faculty member. <laughs> wow. So did you choose Juilliard because of that one teacher? Yeah, well, I knew who was teaching here when I applied. So I was definitely very comfortable studying here. And it's been a fantastic experience so far. But definitely, um, you know, your private teacher at whatever college you're applying to is extremely important. You're spending, you know, one hour every week with this person. And, you know, they're going to guide your playing, hopefully to wherever you want it to take you. So, yeah, I've had an awesome experience here with my teacher. Wow, that's awesome. So, who inspires you? Yeah, man, that's um that could be a long answer. As far as the tuba goes, I really always liked Carol Yanch, and she is someone who has kind of lived the orchestral and soloist life. She plays tuba in the Philadelphia Orchestra. And she also does a lot of solo work with different ensembles around. So she has a few albums out. And when I was coming up, I would listen to those. And I was always really inspired by those. But um, Yuja Wang is a great pianist who I like a lot of her work. Lisa Batiasvili is an awesome violinist. And I really like what she does. I mean, I just think, you know, when you kind of transcend the role of the instrument, whether it be the tuba, the piano, or the violin, and you just kind of like live and breathe the music. There's just a certain energy and feeling that comes across to the audience that I like. And I think all three of those people I just named, I really feel that when I listen to them. So how would you go about networking and getting in touch with those idols, perhaps even arranging a phone call or a lesson with them? Yeah, so usually Wang might be a little too famous for a, a casual reach out and lesson. <laughs> but for example, a lot of these musicians will have like websites you can go to if you just Google them and you can go on their website and um, they'll have like a, a contact bar, for example, and you just kind of like reach out and like you can shoot them an email, introduce yourself, be very kind, say, you know, I, I love the work you're doing. I would really like to have a lesson with you or get in touch with you. And they're, they're usually pretty friendly. They'll get back to you and um, just kind of say like, oh yeah, sure, like let's meet up. And then, you know, it's, it's pretty much as simple as that, really. Now, do you feel that collaboration has been a crucial aspect of your studies here so far? 
Juilliard offers plenty of opportunities to explore different projects. You know, there's Choreo Comp and they even have like open house here where you can um, learn from other divisions and like teach them stuff about what you do. So not always enough time in the day to take advantage of every opportunity. But I've been able to like play some with the jazz division and I've done some projects with the dance division as well. So I try to get out and explore when I have time and it's, it's always a fun time. <laughs> nice. So do you teach? So I do a few different fellowships here at Juilliard. I'm a ear training teaching fellow. And last year I was a MAP fellow, which is the music advancement program, which that's like working with like kids in the local area, younger students. And ear training is a class here at Juilliard where I kind of assist and teach the college students as well. So I do that. I don't have like a private tuba studio right now, but if there's any young tubas out there listening that <laughs> are looking for a teacher, I'd Feel free to reach out. I'd be happy to set something up. <laughs> <laughs> so how can people get in touch with you? Instagram is at J underscore W-A-2-1. So that's J underscore D-U-B-Y-A-8-2-1. <laughs> <laughs> nice. So did you attend any music camps when you were starting out? Yeah, I've done a few camps. Interlocking is really good. Uh, I did the Swanee camp. And also, I think probably the camp I went to that had the biggest influence on me was Tanglewood and I went there for two summers in a row and got to work a little with Mike Roylance and that was an incredible experience. Mike Roylance is principal tuba in the Boston Symphony Orchestra. So yeah, I mean there's there's plenty of camps out there. If you can make it to one, they're all really valuable experiences, I think. But Tanglewood Institute was definitely really good for me. Mm, that's awesome. Is there any specific piece of advice that your mentors have passed on to you that made a huge impact on your life? Yeah, I mean, something very specific. I was recently in a, a master class and someone asked a question, you know, how do you go about an audition? And you're competing against so many people and like you have to be the best person out of all these people. And I thought the answer to the question was fabulous and it's something that I've really been spending a lot of time thinking about. And they said, an audition is not you versus everyone else. It's you versus yourself. And it's really about in that process leading up to the audition, like how do you become the best version of yourself? And I think that's really all you can ask of yourself, you know, is to be the best version of yourself. Man, I think that that's great advice. Ooh, that's awesome advice, especially because it doesn't only apply to auditions. This applies to everyday life. Yeah, and... That's a great thing about music too. There's so many, you know, even if you don't pursue a career in music, there's so many things that you learn in this field that are valuable, that are life lessons that you'll carry with you for the rest of your life. So play music, man. It's great. <laughs> exactly. So do you currently have a routine? Yeah. So I think for me, it's hard to live day to day with, I'm going to wake up at 8 a.m. and I'm going to practice for two hours. So not on the consistent basis, no. But I remember like, When I was preparing for college auditions in undergrad, for example, I did have a very specific, like, I'm going to wake up at this time and I'm going to do my hour of like warming up and going through um, my fundamentals and then I'll, I'll go to school. So like, I think there has to be like maybe a six week or an eight week period, like ramping up to a big audition where you're really in that kind of, you know, monotony of the day where you have a very 
specific routine. But if I'm not doing that, then I don't have a particular routine. When I first play, I, I definitely do like warm up stuff and uh, you know my exercises and all that on the instrument before I get on to my solo etude and excerpt work. That's pretty consistent, but not at any particular time of the day. Preferably in the morning, you know. <laughs> the earlier you get started, the better. Mm. Can you elaborate on the fundamentals that you keep working on? Yeah, so for the tuba, man, I think there's a few that you should really practice every day, which are like lip slurs, legato playing, articulation, high range, low range, dynamics. Those are all things that I think about every day. But I think even before... I think about that. For me, the first thing that I want to think about when I pick up the tuba is sound production. And I think of all my favorite tuba sounds. I think about exactly what I want to sound like on the tuba. I get a very clear picture of that in my head. And then I start doing my long tones, lip slurs, you know, articulations, high range, low range dynamics, all those things. And uh, I would say that that works for me, but Everyone's different in exactly what you do, but I think, you know, if you're hitting all those areas, that's that's pretty consistent person to person. Nice. Can you tell us about your sense of purpose when it comes to music? Yeah. You know, I play music because I love it, because it makes me happy. I sort of feel a responsibility to inspire and enrich the lives of those around me. And I feel like, you know, music is vital to us as human beings and that I've, I feel like I can really make change in the world as a musician. None of the reasons why I play music really have to do with, oh, what is my career going to look like or any of that stuff. I think that uh, you should play music because you love it. And if you're diligent enough and you work hard enough over a long period of time, then things will work out. It is challenging and it is scary to think about, you know, there's only so many positions out there for a tubist or a violinist or a pianist or whatever. For me, it's, it's never really been something to either motivate or discourage me. I kind of do music because I love it and things will, will work out how they do. Mm, that's a great mindset. Can you tell us about your experience as a black artist in the world of classical music? It can definitely be scary, you know, to walk into a rehearsal or a classroom and you're the only person who looks like you in the room. And, um, you know, I think ultimately my love for the music was greater than any fear I had about not fitting in or, or being different. I think, especially recently, there have been lots of initiatives and programs and organizations that are really trying to change the scene and the culture surrounding classical music, that it's not this scary place that's only for the select few. But if the music is for everyone, you know, and I think everyone can find something to love in the music, then everyone should be able to take part of that. So definitely don't be scared. You know, I would say if it's something that you want to do, there's nothing that can hold you back from doing that but yourself. So yeah, just go for it. And Juilliard has been a, a very comfortable place for me. You know, I think they try to make everyone, whether Black, Hispanic, Asian, woman, fit in, you know, all sorts of minorities. And I think they've done a great job of that. And yeah, I mean, I'm definitely always aware, you know, that I am one of few, but never discouraged by that. Wow, that's really inspiring. So how long have you been living in New York City for? Uh, this would be my about 
three or four years. Nice. So how do you spend a Friday night in New York City? Oh, Friday night? <laughs> well, most Friday nights I might be practicing or studying. <laughs> But I also like to check out some of the jazz clubs. There's Dizzy's Jazz Club, which is right near here, a few blocks downtown. I've done a fair amount of like touristy things. Like I think the Brooklyn Bridge is, is really cool to walk if you have the time to, to make it down there. Financial District has some really cool bars and whatnot that are fun to be at at night. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> Dude, thanks so much for joining us today. That was super inspiring. Oh, thank you, man. Thank you. Thank you. Happy to be here. Thank you.